Hey, Tim. Hello, Dan. I have a joke for you. All right. I, I look forward to hearing it. So, a friend of mine was getting to know his new co-worker okay. uh, when one of them asked why he left his old job. He said, it was something my boss said. Mm-hmm. So, the co-worker asked, what did your boss say? He said, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Tim. Uh, this is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And I would like to formally apologize for not being on the air last week. Uh, Look, we said it was a possibility. We said it was a possibility. I had fully lined up Jai and fully, just and, and fully Beck lined them. Here from the cat's office to come on the podcast. We're actually going to talk about becoming an accountant because they're in that process. They're yep. at various stages uh, in that journey. Yes. So it was just going to be good to, to talk about what that process is like and what their experience is like. Yep. Uh, but on the day that I was meant to record, I forgot to bring the podcast gear with me and it just didn't line up any other day. So I apologize. Now, you know, spe- speaking of people, um, no, I was going to make a joke about Jai being fired, but <laughs> <laughs> but I won't. That joke, you already made the joke yeah. before we, at the start of the podcast. <laughs> uh, hey, Jai. Shout out to Jai. <laughs> Shout out to Jai. who's having the day off today because there's a traffic. little bit of traffic <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Good one, mate. Uh, Classic. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we will do that episode at some point because yeah. there's been a lot of requests on that. Mm. Um, but, you know, for the listeners' sake, I mean, there's a big positive there because now their favorite host will actually be there for the episode. Yeah. Which, which um, Interesting. wasn't going to be the case last week. Yeah. So, yeah, Jai will be there. <laughs> He's not a host. <laughs> <laughs> no, it will be good. And it'll be good to get a, a bunch of different perspectives on that. We still plan to get, try and get someone from the CPA and the CA mm-hmm. and maybe IPA. Uh, oh, yeah to come on and talk about mm. the differences between their professional bodies and why you'd go one over the other. While we're speaking to the CPA, we've had a question from an accountant whether our podcast could be counted as CPD hours, Dan. We did get asked that. And so, um, we're going to look into that while yeah. we're speaking to the CPA. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right now, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, be, yeah. I wouldn't be putting them in right now. But it'd be cool if you could. It would be great. It'd have to good. be half the episode because you couldn't really count the banter as uh, I think, CPU. No, I think you're learning professional skills there. You're learning how to talk to other people, oh, right. how to work a room, okay, okay, that kind of thing. How to crack jokes. How to crack jokes. Yeah. yeah. And be a nerd. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All that fun stuff. Uh, Tim, first of all, what, what is the Tim, Tim and Daniel? Tim, how was your week? Yeah, good. I mean, uh, Dan... We are in a recording studio. We are. Yeah. That is a big announcement. Of actually. sorts. Of sorts. We're in a. We're in a studio. We. So what we've done is, for a long time, we've had a plan to to convert an office that's not used much here in the office into a recording studio. Mm. Now this has two parts because, as we mentioned a couple months ago. We're about to launch some some online courses yeah. and and some business sprints and and some exciting stuff that's coming up. Yeah. And that. And this office is is all part of it. So, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of our video recording in here. Uh, You'll see us recording the podcast every week. There's going to be video of us doing the podcast. So, if you want to see our stupid faces uh, (laughs) as we do the podcast, um, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. um, I think maybe even next week. I don't know. I don't want to like make promises I can't keep, Dan. Well, Tim, that is something that we do on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First video will be out next week. Yep. And it's upsetting because I won't be able to just like wear like crappy, ugly clothes like I'm wearing right now. And like, I might have to worry about actually doing my hair properly. I might have to get a haircut. Although, my boy Vinny's gone. So I don't don't know know who to. I just just don't want to go in there. Look at my hair, Dan. I'm not letting anyone touch this. (laughs) All right. I'm just going to grow it. I'm going to look like the guy on Castaway. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Uh, Yes, that's good. Uh, You were also away last week. Sounds like you had a good trip. Went to Norfolk Island, mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, it was awesome. Got to learn more about my family history there. They were, so, just a little update on that. Mm. I said they were one of the ancestors, they were one of the convicts that originally settled mm. on the island. There was only 15 convicts that wow. settled um, after the landing at Sydney. So, it was like three weeks or two, two or three weeks after they landed in Sydney, they basically sent them off to Norfolk Island to go sailing. And there was 15 convicts. And maybe seven military. Yeah, right. Um, and Philip Gidley King leading the group. And uh, and then they, they sailed around Norfolk for a couple of weeks until there was safe conditions to land. Mm. Because there's a lot of reef and shallow waters. Mm-hmm. So, it was very difficult for them to actually even land. And then, uh, then yeah, they, they sent a little rowboat to the shore and um, set up a camp there. Nice. For the, uh, for the British government. Great. They declared Terra Nullius and uh, yeah. <laughs> took Were Norfolk. there any people that actually lived there before then? I, I, it was a fairly remote place. No. I can't imagine there was. So, there was there, no inhabitants. There probably actually was Terra it's only, Nullius. It's, it's only, a, yeah. It's only a small Unlike island. Unlike the island of mm. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, why I, which is why I laughed when I said that because yeah. that is a bogus thing. Mm. Um, so... Basically, there was no one inhabiting it. There was signs that maybe a thousand years earlier, there was Polynesian. Yeah, okay. People who like use the island at least. Mm. And they may have been on track to going towards New Zealand. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then from there, it's, they abandoned the settlement like 25 years later. Mm. Then there was a second convict settlement, which was more of like a prison, mm-hmm. basically. So, the island yep. just turned into a prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... They abandoned that mm. in 1850. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they offered it to these people who were really religious on a different island who went to the Queen and asked for land somewhere. Yeah. On the other side of the world, essentially. Yeah. yeah. yeah they were, that, their island was called Pitcairn Island. Mm. And they were right near South America. And, uh, and the Queen was like, hey... We've got Norfolk just clearing up. We just get rid of all the convicts there. Yeah. Some pretty nice houses there because, you know, there was like a judge living there and all yeah. sorts of stuff. There's some really nice houses there, by the way, like mm. Georgian architecture. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was like, why don't you have that? It's nice. And it? now that those families are all synonymous with the island. So, yeah, right. the surnames that you see on headstones from the Pitcairn Islanders, they call them, mm. there's still heaps of them. With those surnames on the island. Yeah, right. So, it's very like, very close-knit sort of community. Like, they kind of know, it goes back a long way yeah, in their history. Old family feuds. It's almost like a interesting little experiment on, mm. yeah, on on social kind of trends and patterns. And Yeah, that, it's really that is interesting. That is interesting. So, it makes it a really interesting place. But like, the tourists they get there are over 70. Yeah. So, you so, were quite young. We were down. Def- we you stood out down like, the average. Yeah, we stood out like a saw them. Like even when we landed home, mm. um, because it's we had to fly via international, by the way, and that's another story. I mean, ghost town, absolute ghost town, and international yeah. airport. We're, I'm assuming none of the shops were open. Like, all closed. Like, yeah, every single one of them closed. Like even all mm. the food shops and everything, mm. none of them are open. Uh, we were the only people in the airport, mm. basically. And when we were landing back, they were like, are you coming from New Zealand? Because New Zealand is not part of the bubble anymore. Yeah. Um, they were wearing their like, you know, um, exposure suits, basically. They yeah. were like fully suited up. Imagine if you got and like forced into quarantine or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a little worried. And the dude was like, did you come from New Zealand? And we're yeah. like, no, Norfolk Island. He's like, geez, you're a bit young for Norfolk Island. <laughs> what did you go there for? <laughs> and that happened like several times across the whole trip. That's classic. We were like, what are you guys doing in Norfolk Island? You're a bit young. <laughs> <laughs> but I would recommend it to young people when it, go. whenever I hear Norfolk Island I always just think of a trivia team that we used to play against and their, te- and their name was um, uh, Norfolk and Chance <laughs> <laughs> I did use that joke once while I was over there yeah. so. oh and there was a tsunami that happened while we were there yeah actually I did I 64 did. centimeters <laughs> <laughs> it happened on the island yeah, that, they, the wave ended up being 64 centimetres. Yeah, right. The, there was a tsunami warning on one of the mornings while yeah. we were there. Well, because that happened in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which was like close an enough. Earthquake. Yeah. yeah. It's only 700 k's from New Zealand. So. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting. Good week. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds mm, good. All good, right. Good, good. Tim, uh, do you have a 
business update. I actually have one. Far away. Uh, just announced by the government, uh, nearly 800,000 airline tickets uh, will become half price in a $1.2 billion package aimed to get more Australians to spend big on domestic holidays. So, there's a lot of places in the country that rely on tourism yeah. uh, and obviously with all the international travellers gone, they're suffering a bit. Mm. So, to increase the tourism in the area, uh, I guess the government's introduced a package to say, hey, we'll give you some half-flight tickets if you fly to these places and go on tickets. a holiday. Yep. So, that's a pretty big deal. I think so. I think it's... Um it's definitely making me think about booking a booking a ticket. Uh, I don't think you can at the moment. No. Um, that's actually a $1.2 billion tourism support package. Yeah, it's massive. So and that's part of. Apparently, flight center stocks saw 10% as a reaction to this. Oh, my God. I mean, I wonder how much they've dropped in the past year. It's, it's, I doubt yeah. this is anywhere near recovering what they've lost. That's still a risky buy, yeah. if you ask me. I mean, there's been so many travel agencies unfortunately go into administration mm. yeah. yeah that's i think that's a cool initiative it's a good it's a good good announcement uh, so the places that are on the list and what, what's our regional places uh, we've so got? what we've got is places like the sunshine cairns. coast cairns the gold coast with sundays with sundays uh lassiter marimbula that's a good one marimbula is really nice where is marimbula it's on the south coast it's like just above the border of Victoria. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful place. Yep. And and it was really fire hit too. That's yeah, where all the fire damage so happened. So, that's a really that's good, good one. Um, Avalon. Broome, Avalon. Devonport. Heaps in um, Tassie. Launceston. Kangaroo Island. Yeah. So, a lot of regional holiday locations apart from, say, the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast. Or Sunshine yeah. Coast, but... That's um, it. That is interesting that they've included those. Well, if you think about it, the... The Gold Coast, a lot of their tourism would be international. Foreigners, yeah. Yeah, a lot. True. Um, so, that I'd, I'd imagine there'd be some some tourist locations mm. there probably struggling a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. That is interesting stuff. So, it's still... Like it. it. is interesting to see what the government is still doing yeah. in response to the pandemic. We know that JobKeeper is mm. ending. Mm-hmm. We know that... Um, JobMaker started... Job maker started, so that there are things that are happening still. Yeah. But I guess what they're doing mm. now is specifically targeting mm. industries that are still going to be hit. I feel like the economy is in an interesting position because, I mean, you're seeing housing markets mm. increase everywhere. Yeah, and that was an interesting point. Um, Mike Mortlock came on the show, saw mm-hmm. a Facebook video by him. He went to dinner with all these property buying agents. Mm. Um, and, uh, and they were basically saying you can now refer to the housing market in Australia as a singularity. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause it's just all going up mm. everywhere. So how is that happening in the midst of the COVID economic conditions? An, an argument that I heard were that older generation of people, not, I'm not saying 80 year olds, but you know, people who we're talking baby boomers, ba- boomers, okay. um, okay, baby. who, <laughs> might be spending the part of their life right now s- spending their money on, say, traveling, going yep. overseas, going on yes. that European holiday, yep. doing all these things um, or just going out and doing activities who for a year spent a lot of their time in the house, mm. suddenly finding themselves with a lot of equity in their current property mm. and a lot of disposable income mm. and not much to do with it. Mm. So, yeah. what they did is bought houses. Bought houses. Mm. And now, that's not going to make up all of the demand. Well, I think there's a lot of first home buyers as well because um, same deal. They they were saving for a trip or they yeah. had a trip planned or a wedding planned or yep. something like that and mm. it got cancelled. Yep. And they saved a lot of money. They've and then also, well, lockdown happened. 30 grand in the bank or something. They saved yeah. a lot of money as yeah. well because they weren't going out. They literally yeah. couldn't. So... So, and they may have been getting JobKeeper plus income from a second job. Yeah. If their workplace was closed, and this happened to my cousin, mm. if your workplace is closed, getting JobKeeper for that, mm. um, which is a shit situation. Mm. You don't want that to happen to you. No. But then he's also got another job somehow, mm. like a factory. Yeah. He's got to double the income for like six months. Here's my concern with that 
Because he's had an artificial boost to his income for a short there's, period of There's time. that. Yeah. Um, but also, so they're not saving 120 grand for a deposit on it. So, they're not saving 20% mm. house deposit, right? Yeah, so they, they, yeah, I think they're getting guaranteed. Yeah, they're getting a guarantee. But, but not just them. I mean, just a lot of people in yeah, those no, situations. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Um, so, let's say the average house price in their area is 800000 yeah, and yeah, they they're like, geez, we got an extra forty grand. We saved up a lot. Yeah, um, they're able to save a little bit more. They can do the stamp duty. They get guaranteed. Suddenly, they've got this loan mm. for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars, and they can maybe just afford it and at one point eight percent interest. <laughs> and, yeah, and right now they're like, yeah, things are great. I can afford this. Yeah. Um, what yeah. happens in five years' time? If the interest rates double to a whopping 4%. And wages don't go up. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it is a concern. It's definitely concerning. I but the thing is... Which is why in my mind it is a singularity because I can't explain it. <laughs> because... because all, It defies all logic. It, it is defying logic. And, and apparently it's just going to keep heading yeah. in that direction because they're loosening lending further. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Well, is, I'm is there going for a loan right now. Yeah. I can lock in four-year fixed interest rate at 1.89. <laughs> I mean... That guarantees a repayment four years, for four years. So, in four years, your income will go up yep. and that will work fine. Yep. So, for a lot of people, that probably that is will the be case. Fine, yeah. And is the government sort of thinking or are the banks sort of thinking, hey, there's countries overseas with negative interest yeah. who are literally paying us to take their money? Mm-hmm. In Australia, we still have interest rates. So, yep. it's like printing money, basically. Mm. Is that what they're thinking? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, it's we interesting. To, we need to get uh, Jeremy Thorpe we, back yeah, on. Yeah, we need to get an economist back on. Yes, mm. that would be good. Maybe maybe a uh, property developer <laughs> yeah. or a mortgage broker. <laughs> not, not even that, because they're going to be fairly biased with yeah, their point of view. They're going to be like, it's like getting someone about crypto on. All they're going to be <laughs> telling us is how good crypto yeah, is. Yeah, you're going to buy crypto. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that's KD. interesting. Interesting news. Well, and, and so, okay. And just on that topic, um, I saw this week... Ooh, Screen just went black. Insolvencies have spiked by 61% in February. Oh, wow. So, there's been a jump from 254 external administrations in January to 408 in February. The, the end highest. Of, end of JobKeeper. The highest the figure has risen for a year. Um, yeah. So, the sharp spike in insolvent companies within the first two months of 2021 comes after ASIC figures showed a 12% decline in external administrations over the last year. Um, thanks to things like JobKeeper and Cashflow Boost. The other, so, the other interesting thing in my mind with the economy is, and, mm. and this is just purely anecdotal evidence, I'd like to see the further evidence for it and, and what's happening with why, but, but something that I've definitely noticed is there are a lot of small businesses closing or mm. selling. There's a lot changing hands. I, th I think yeah. you're right on that. So, what does mm. that mean? Like, does that mean... Mm. Changing circumstances. Yeah, or, or will, will the small business sector mm. narrow a bit and is that going to affect the economy? What, what, yeah. what happens there? I don't, think, space. I think all of this is pretty much untested. It's uncharted yeah. waters, isn't it? Uh, yeah, exactly. But we're definitely seeing it at our level mm. that there is changes happening. Mm. Um, there's life changes happening right mm -hmm. now, which is including... Closing or selling businesses. For some people, buying businesses. Yep. Just quitting their job, buying a business. Buying a business. Or starting a business. There's been a lot of people starting businesses. That's true, actually. Well. We have seen a lot of starting. So, maybe it's just a bit of a hit the reset button. Yeah. And there's a new generation of or a new group of business owners. Yeah. Definitely. So, that brings us, uh, Tim, to our Tardust tip. Tardust tip of the week. We digress. Uh, all right, all right. Actually, I'm going to use this one because this one actually worked for me this morning. <laughs> okay. It's pretty awesome, actually. Um, I'm just going to title this Online Discount Codes. Yeah, nice. So, I think most people know about Online Discount Codes. Nothing secret about that. But now there's all these websites out there which are like, could potentially be bogus. Like, there's 10 codes there. I was and bargain and all yeah. those ones where you can't so, find a code. Yeah, yeah. Like so this is a website where you you literally 
uh, find like a 10% off code. Yeah. And then when you're checking out of say, um, one of the online sites like Surf Stitch or something like that, mm. you put it in and you get miraculously, you get 10% off, which is awesome because yeah. you didn't have that code. Yeah. It was obviously for some other promotion, which you weren't privy to. Yeah. Um, so that actually worked for me this morning. Nice. I bought... Jade doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. So it's going to be too late for her birthday next week. But I bought, <laughs> <laughs> I bought her a pillow <laughs> from Koala. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, it was it cost 150 bucks. Mm. It's a good pillow because I got it for Christmas off Jade. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, God, it'd be nice to have like a 10% off here or something. Yeah. So I just searched around. It took me five minutes. Tried a bunch of codes. Mm. And eventually, one of them worked. I'm going to give a free plug here. Okay. Because if you listen to any podcasts that are based in the US, a lot of them promote, I think it's called Honey. Honey. Or something. I, I, okay. I don't think it's in Australia. I think it's yeah, just right. in the US. Okay. But a lot of a lot of the podcasts promote. And essentially what it is, it's a plug-in that you put on your um, browser. What? And when you go to check out, it automatically searches for promo codes. Bullshit. And then puts them in. Oh, yeah. Where has that been all my life? I know, right? I haven't looked at if it's available here, but pretty damn good. That's the best. And then, so you just be shopping, be like, oh, sweet, I got 10% off. How good. Well, um, the one I used this morning was We Thrift. Yep. But yeah, do it. Always check. If you're buying something online and you ha- you're not using a discount code. Um, yeah, join Honey. Yeah, just, just that's, do that's it. That's what it is. I'm just looking it up. Okay. Add it to Edge. It's free. Nice. Test that out, Dan. Get a whole bunch of viruses on your work computer while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I saved 15 bucks this morning just by spending five minutes and finding a 10% off discount code. Well, Tim, yes, according Tim. to Honey, most people, the yearly average saving using that plugin is $200. What? For a free plugin. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so good. Yep, I don't know if it's available in Australia, but mm. anyway. It's cool. a great idea. So, all right, let's move on to our main topic. Mm. Our main topic today is a continuation of last fortnight. Um, yeah. It's, and it's it's all about helping you save that time again. This is one of the ways that you can save some time, reclaim your time. Correct. Um, but it's also yeah. something that if you do wrong, will add time. <laughs> Definitely. People will often complain about team members. Correct. The people that work for them. Yep. And uh, sometimes it's not the team member's fault. Yeah. So, this is especially important to all of you small business owners out there because we've often spoke about the the 10 hats. You know, there there are Mm. 10 departments that you can think of that... As a small business owner, generally when you're starting up, you're in charge of all of them. And it could be finance, HR, yeah. the actual sales, the processing, yeah. the um, administration, all of those things. But at some point, your business is going to get to a size where you need to start getting other people to do those jobs for you. Yeah. Um, and the very first thing you'll realize is sometimes they don't do it the way you need them to do <laughs> yeah. it. Or sometimes they... Um, it, it might just be the wrong job for that person. It's sort of like Chinese whispers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so what are we talking about then? We're talking about delegation. Delegating effectively. Yep. So, one massive way to save time is if you actually are effectively delegating things to your yep. team. And if you, so for the, for some people, for a start, they just don't delegate. Mm-hmm. And that's the first big problem. That's the first one. If you're just doing all of the low-level tasks, and I, I, say, I say low-level, but let's call it low-value. Mm. So, things that are everyday things that anyone could be doing. Mm. If you're stuck doing that, you'll never be able to go and, like you said, with the 10 hats, mm. work on the strategic side of the business. Correct. And be yeah. forward-focused so, and, and uh, look for growth. Exactly. A, a common thing that you might hear people say is, I'm spending too much time in my business yeah. and not enough time on my business. Yeah. The only way to be able to work on your business is to delegate effectively. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. there there are a number of things here that you could be doing wrong. So, we're going to go through six mm. ideas to mm. help you effectively delegate. Mm. Uh, and we might give some examples along the way. Yeah. Something that's really useful for us explaining this is that mm. we've probably made 
all of these mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We've made all of these mistakes. We, we try to delegate a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have also made the mistake of not delegating in the past. Yep. So, look, we've made every mistake under the sun here. Um, and I still do. I still am. We still make these so, mistakes. And, and this is also why we feel confident talking about this. Because yeah. we've lived it. <laughs> we have lived this. <laughs> and I'm sure when we say this out loud, you've lived it. Unfortunately. And, uh, yeah. And the opposite of delegation, mm. first must be said as well, is abdication. Abdications. Yeah. So, we'll, we might give examples of abdicating versus mm. delegating and on each of the six points. Perfect. Um, so, just quickly, how this relates to last week is that we spoke about the Achiever Matrix last week. Yep. Uh, you know, you've got your urgent, you're not urgent, you're important, not important. Yeah. So, some of the tasks that are, say, um, you know, not important, important, but but urgent or or urgent and important. Some yeah. of those things that are preventing you from being in that quadrant of quality. Yeah, these are some of the tasks you can be delegating. Yeah. So as an example, so quadrant number one, you yep. just said there was urgent and important. Yep. You could be not delegating things, and therefore, it's slipping from non-urgent and yeah. important to urgent and important. So basically, it's a fire. Exactly. And just keeps being a fire. Mm-hmm. This task just keeps on causing problems. And that's because you're not on top of it. Mm-hmm. You're falling behind. Yeah. You're, you're not planned and organized and proactive. And one way to... I mean, that obviously means you're stretching yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. Or you're not delegating effectively because yep. it's not being done properly by the person whose role that is. Yeah, exactly. So, that's, that's a good segue into the first point that we're going to discuss. So... Mm-hmm. I've got this task I need someone to do, Tim. So, I'm going to um, throw some names in a hat and the name I pick out is the person doing that job. <laughs> what would that be? <laughs> that would be a very bad way that would to, be, to assign a task. That would be abdicating. That would be abdicating. That would be abdicating. So, mm. really what we're saying here is you should be looking at the task, figuring out who in your team is the best person for that task. Yeah. Who has the knowledge of it? Who has the ability? Who has the capacity to do it right now? Yep. That's who you should be assigning. You shouldn't just assign any job to anyone. You should sp- be specific with who you delegate tasks to. Definitely. I mean, otherwise you're just setting people up to fail. I mean... Exactly. <clears throat> you're not going to, on the apprentice's first day, um, ask them to change a motor. I mean, that's a very bad... I mean, yeah. That shows how much I yeah. know about cars because you, I couldn't go into much <laughs> more detail than that. Yeah. You're not going to ask the apprentice on the first day to build a house. There you go. I like that one. You're not going to ask the junior accountant on his first day to yeah. lodge a company tax return. Exactly. It's just going to set them up to fail. And the, obviously, yeah. the task is not going to get done in the manner that you want it to be done. Mm-hmm. So, so, I think that that is definitely an area where it sounds silly, but it happens. People often do this. Yeah. We've made this mistake. It it can even be the opposite from the examples we just gave. You might be giving too simple of a task to too senior of a member of the team. True. And really all you're doing is moving their important work into that urgent category. Yep. um, Because you're overloading them with things they don't need to be doing. So, you've really got to be specific. Don't just go, um, you know, they can do it. Here's the job. Go, who is the right person to do this job? Yeah, and, and I think they're like, um, the, the key part of what you just read out there, Dan, was with support. Yeah. So, if it's a new task for that person or something mm. new for them, there needs to be some education or training or procedures yep. that they get w- with that task when it's assigned. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Like, if, if you're passing a task that's below someone, it could make them respect you less or, or mm. trust you less. Because they're just yeah. thinking, you're just wasting. You're wasting my talents here, man. Yeah, exactly. They're going to feel I'm undervalued. above this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, the next thing mm. is when you assign a task to somebody, mm. um, if I was to just go, um, Tim, I need you to lodge this tax return. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, not much detail or... Not much detail. Communication. Exactly. Uh Mr. Apprentice, I need you to build me that door. Uh, no, no, I need you to build me a door. Just build me a door, please. 
What does that mean? What mm. kind of door? What's oh, what, it made whoa. out of? How big? Where does yeah. it need to go? Do you want a locking doorknob? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want uh, just a swing door? A swing door? A cat flap? Do you want a cowboy door? Do you, you know the cowboy doors? Yeah, yeah. I like those. Do you yeah. want a sliding door? Sliding door. Yeah. Very, very effective with space. Should management. the door open in or out? Yeah. That's probably enough door examples. But like, that's... That's just a door. That's just just a door. That's just a door. So, so what I did then is I abdicated again. You abdicated because you um, didn't take the responsibility there, Dan. If we think back to our orbed, which we've mentioned before, mm. there's no ownership and responsibility or accountability in that delegation. Really, I've just mm. said, I don't want to do this. I'm throwing it on someone else. Yep. And now it's not my problem. That's it. So, so delegating is taking ownership still. Yep. So if something goes wrong... Um, it's probably still your fault if you've mm. delegated it and it's gone Correct. wrong. So, like, as an example there, Dan's just said, we've told an apprentice, build a door. Mm-hmm. We obviously didn't give enough detail there and we've covered that. Yep. But let's say you're in a busy office mm-hmm. or a busy workplace and that happens, say, every 20 minutes, mm-hmm. they get a new door that they need to build. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to want to write it down somewhere for them. Because, yeah. or have like a systematic approach to providing that task to them. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're just telling someone something, I mean, even the person with the best attitude may not be able to remember every time you've assigned a task to them. Yeah. If, if every 20 minutes in Tim's example, you told them to do something different, that's a lot of requests during the day. And they're not going to be able to remember all that on top of their head. So, mm-hmm. there needs to be, to Tim's point, a system. Yeah. Somewhere that they can keep track of these things. So, it needs to be verbal. Yep. And written. And written. It can't just be written, I think, because you should go and talk about it and explain it, depending yep. on the task. Depending I mean, on the task. If it's a very small task, yeah. maybe just written is fine. Yeah. I mean, if the task is literally, hey, can you pick up that and put it over there? Then that's probably fine. That's fine. But if it's something that they need to work on later yep. or for a period of time, mm-hmm. put it in writing, go have a bit of a chat to them. Um and then there's going to be some more points we will cover yeah, around. So, well, a, a handy tip from us then. Mm. Um, there's plenty of software out there that allows you to do this. You know, there's, there's, yeah, there's things like Teams, Microsoft Teams. There's Slack. There's emails. There's Asana. There's a lot of management and task tools and Excel sheet that you share. Yeah, Excel. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can write these tasks somewhere where you can all view it and share it and tick things off as you go through. So, there are options out there for you to systemize this in an easier way. I know some teams even just use a whiteboard. Yeah. Some, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So, the next one here, uh, when you have given a request, when you've asked someone to do something, yep. it is often a good idea to ensure that they've actually understood it. Mm. So, a way to do that would be ask them to repeat it back to you. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, if you're not used to delegating effectively, that could feel like kind of a mean or annoying thing to do Mm. to someone to be like, hey, I don't trust that you listen to me then. Mm. Repeat that back to me. Mm. So, you probably want to first like explain why you're asking them to repeat it back. And just just with the concept of, I just want to make sure that I explained it properly. This is about... Me owning my delegation. So, yeah, and don't, have don't, I ex- don't be a jerk about it. No, have I explained it properly? Can you mm. just repeat back to me mm. what I've just told you to do? Yeah. And sometimes that works really well. The person might not be able to explain what you need them to do. And then clearly they're not going to be able to do it yeah. because they couldn't even repeat it back to you. If they can't repeat it back to you, then that's a sign that you haven't delegated it effectively. Correct. So, other ways that you can do that is um, just ask for further clarification. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of things you can be doing. But essentially what that means is so far you have chosen the correct person to mm. do the job. You yeah. have given them the specific and detailed description of what you need them to do so they know exactly. And then you've clarified with them that they understood that. By getting them to repeat back to you. Yep. Um, their understanding of what you asked them to do. Yeah. Cool. And you can even just, uh, and sometimes people will just answer this with a yes, but you, if you don't want to ask them to repeat it back, just say, so you, you understand that? You understand yeah. what you need me to do? Yeah. You understand what I need you to do? And they, and yeah. they might say, yep. Yeah. And that isn't as effective as asking them to repeat it's it back not. because they can just say yes. But it's still kind of like a verbal contract. Yeah. I mean. If they go away and do it wrong, yeah. and then you can say, hey, you told me you understood that. Yeah. 
you can you can keep them accountable yeah. because you you gave them a chance to ask you yeah and clarify mm-hmm. and that's the key part so perhaps the first time you do it they'll be like yeah 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 all good yeah. and then something might go wrong like it has before mm-hmm. potentially because the delegation hasn't been right yep um when that happens, you can be like, hey, I asked you mm. if you understood me. Mm. So, I'm going to keep doing that. But please, if you don't understand me or if I'm not explaining it properly, Just tell you me. have to tell me. Yeah. Cool. So, I think that one's good. Uh, the next one here is uh, set a time frame and request that they tell you when it's done. This is really important. This is really important and something which with new team members of our own over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. we've had to focus on getting them to be mindful of. Mm. Um, if you don't set a time frame, the risk is they think everything you pass to them, mm. they need to do right now. Yep. And so, either the team member gets overwhelmed or things get dropped and missed mm-hmm. because they might not have it written down, which yep. is an earlier step. Yep. Um, and the priorities just get muddled up. So, the the order and the process um, just gets thrown out the window because there's a new thing. Oh, shiny object. Yeah. Going to work on this one right now. But the other three things you delegated to them are now forgotten or late. Which may have been more urgent. Yeah. They may be more basic or less exciting tasks Mm. because you've just talked about this fresh new thing. Mm. Um, They forget about the due dates for those other things. Yeah. And it's not only due dates as well, but it's things like the budget for this or true hey true. i need this job done by next week it should take you 10 hours to complete yep yep so that's that's you know Very more true. detail it's giving them a time it's giving them an expectation yep um, so the time frame is not just when it should be done by but yeah. it's like how long it should take them yeah to do it as well yeah, yeah. i and, like that and that kind of flows through into the into the next one, which is clarifying objectives and expectations around that job. It does. It does. But I do like the point about notifying completion. Yeah, that well. is really good. And and um, that's important because as the delegator, um, it's quality control. Mm. So if you know if you don't if you never find out when tasks are completed, how do you know if they're being completed A on time or B to a manner that you would be happy with. Yeah. So once you notified something's complete, you can actually just be like, look, I'm going to take a quick look at this. Yeah. Just to check to see how they've done it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you look and you're like, wow, what a door. What an amazing sliding, <laughs> swinging, opening yeah. cowboy. I would have never thought to put the hinges on the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's electronic and it opens. It's like, what do they call the car doors? The suicide doors. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It, but that's to your point. If if you don't do, um, yeah, if you don't ask to be notified by completion, you, you might you might find that in a month none of the doors were done. Yeah. And then suddenly there's this huge backlog. You're like, why didn't you do these? Mm. But if you if you're being asked to be notified and you haven't been notified by your due date and you remember, hey, that should have been done, mm. then you can go follow that up. It means you can hold them accountable. Correct. So, the next one here, which is clarifying objectives and expectations. Uh, So, this is similar to about being specific and clear with your communication about Mm. what you want. But really, what this one is more about is, yes, I want you to build a door. It needs Mm. to open inward. (laughs) It has a locking door and it's made out of oak. However, this should take you two hours. And this is is also an area where I feel like I've made mistakes in the past. So, Mm. you've got to know who you're dealing with. Who are you delegating this task to? So, do they need a half an hour education mm. on how to do this step by step? Yeah. Or do they just need to know why we're doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, people need to walk from this room to that room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we need to make sure that there's space reserved here. Yeah. Go and do it however you like. Because yeah. I trust you and your knowledge and experience to mm-hmm. get this done. So, sometimes you can over explain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the objective just needs to be why we're doing it. And what the end result needs to be. Yeah. You leave them to go and create their own. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, the clarifying objectives and expectations is just all around. We are hoping the end result looks like this. And often it's like... In if, this time. If you're dealing with a team member, it's, in a, it's, it's relating to what the customer or the client wants. Mm. So, you're just relaying to them. Well, here's the conversation I have with the client, mm-hmm. which is why we're doing this. 
Um, so please be mindful of that. That mm-hmm. is what they want. Yeah. Because if you don't explain that outcome, mm. uh, again, Chinese whispers, the customer's explanation to you as to what they want mm. is they're not going to the team member. Yeah. How on earth are they meant to um, do what the customer wants? Exactly. So another thing, let's keep with this door analogy because I think it's it's definitely what it's happens a on a work site. <laughs> um, so if if I be specific and crystal clear, I say, hey, Tim, apprentice, yeah. I need you to build this door. Mm-hmm. It needs to be there. Yeah. I'm being specific. It needs to be made out of oak. It needs to mm-hmm. open inward. Yep. Uh, I need it done by the end of the day. Mm. And uh, I want you to come tell me when you're finished. Come tell me when you're finished. However, I, let's say I didn't tell you the other expected outcome. This should cost no more than 50 bucks. <laughs> See? Yeah, true. The difference between those two things is you build me a door. That's it's true. made out of those materials. You did it by the end of the day, but you chose a premium oak that doesn't yeah. need to be there. You chose the most expensive door handle and yep. that door now costs double what we expected it to cost. Yeah. That is a small detail in that description. That's true. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. But I there like is that an analogy. Yeah, there is an expectation about what you're going to be mm. spending and how long you're going to be doing it. Nice. And we get the same outcome. I like it. I yeah. like it. Um, and the, the key part there is mutually agreeing yeah. to the objectives and expectations mm-hmm. because the team member may have some thoughts on that as well. Mm. So ask them for their thoughts. Well, do you think these objectives, expectations are reasonable? Yeah. Do you have any th- ideas? I'm delegating this to you in that time frame, but do you think you can do that? Yeah, it's true. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And don't just think that your team member is going to tell you that they can't because they want to they want to appease you, they want to they want to please you. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, and, and it sounds dumb, but more like if if you're a small business owner, you like it's sometimes you forget, but you are these people's employer. Yeah. And yeah. and so that can be for some people like, "Oh, I need to make sure I do this for him or her because they are the person that pays me." Yep. So they spread themselves too thin. Yeah. By trying to please you at that time when you're assigning mm. the task, um, but they're not telling you the bad news. Mm. Hey, until a day before it's due mm. or like an hour before the end of the day with the mm. door. Hey, not going to be able to get that done today because I had some other doors to do actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I actually had 12 <laughs> other ones. Yeah, I'm, I didn't get all them done. They were all worth $500 each. This one's only 50 bucks. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that is a good one. The last one there, though, is to set a time to review the outcomes. Now, you might not need to do this with every single yeah. thing that you delegate. Yeah. However, if they're a significant thing or if it's the first few times that you're delegating that kind of work to somebody, mm. then it is a good idea for to then... Talk about it once it's done. Ask them how they went. Yeah. Was the experience of you passing the task to them okay? Yep. Um, did they do something different or yeah. discover something new yeah. when they were doing it? Hey, I went and looked at the door you made. It was really good. Yeah. You did a good job. Thank you for that. Sometimes it's just as much as that to give them confidence yeah. as well. If they have done a great job, that's awesome. Team members love uh, positive feedback when mm-hmm. they've done something well. So, yep. Um, it's a good habit to get into to recognize that. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it engages your your people. Yeah. So, I want to add something here, Tim, and, and it's the flip of the conversation we're having. All right. This is how to effectively delegate. Yeah. Not every employer or manager has this skill yeah. to effectively delegate. Yeah. What would really impress your employer mm. if you know how to be effectively delegated to? Ooh, wow. That's a good one. And it's literally these same six things. Ask the questions. I like it. So, if, if Tim, um, you know, you're the, you're the builder on this site and you mm. come to me and say, Dan, I need a door and yeah. go for it. Mm. I'd be like, all right, cool. When do you need it done by? <laughs> um, yep. What's it made out of? Do you want it in or out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you want me to come tell you when it's done? And why are we doing this, by the way? Yeah. Why are we doing it? <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be very impressed with that. I'd be like, he's really thinking about the work yeah. that he needs to do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then you see them with pen and paper. They write it down. Writing clear yeah. notes. Repeat it back. So, you want me to build the door there by the end of the day made out of this. Yep. Great. I'll, be, I'll get it done. If you have a team member like that, that maybe in the past you felt, God, they're just so detailed. They're too detailed. They're mm. asking me too many questions. In fact, you should be rewarding that and mm. and um, trying to replicate that with other team members. Yeah. I mean, if they get caught 
in real minute detail, then that's different. But that is if, different. But if they're just ensuring that the information has been communicated efficiently and they know what to do to provide the outcome that you want, then that is a fantastic employer. Now, yeah. I'm going to flip this again. This is Ooh. a sidestep. This can completely translate to receiving work from clients. True, true. So, you mean wowing a client? Well, clients are effectively delegating to you. <laughs> they are. So, they are. In, in our space, so, yep. you know, we do advisory work and things, but let's say we're doing a compliant tax mm. work. We do yep. an annual financial statements and tax returns. Mm. That is a hat that mm. that, in, that small business owner mm. has and they've decided to give that hat to us. Yeah, and they say, Dan, mm-hmm. I need you to do this. And yeah. you go, great. When do you want that done by? The lodgement day is this, but do you want it done at an earlier point? Yeah. Um, these are the things that I'd like to provide in it. I'm going to provide mm. you financial statements. I'm gonna yep. really, I'd like to have a meeting afterwards to talk about it. Yep. Uh, and they go, great. If the client just sent you an email and said, do this, and you didn't clarify expectations mm. around how much and true, when, true, true. then you might be charging double what they thought mm. and doing it straight away or doing it way too late. True. You need to clarify these things. True. So, it's, a, it's a two-way street mm. and it's not just within your own team. Mm-hmm. It could be to a subcontractor. Mm-hmm. It could be from a customer to you. Yep. Yeah, I like that, Dan. I think, that, I think you're 100% right there. Mm. And it's a good way to take a step back and just know no one's doing things maliciously where they're trying to rip you off mm. by overcharging you because they didn't ask you yeah. what your budget was. Mm. Um, but also, they're not trying to give you too little detail mm. so that you can do a shit job for them either. Mm. Um, I guess it's just a matter of thinking about it a bit mm. and approaching it effectively. Yeah. Love I it. like it. I like it. All right. Well, that probably brings us to the end of our main topic. Tim, do you have an other thing this week? I do, Dan. Oh. My other thing was the foul that was committed on me when I was shooting. (laughs) And I had two free throws (laughs) because we started playing basketball. We did. We did start playing basketball. Playing is a term. Yeah, we were there. Yeah. I saw a video of me dribbling, which is no good. <laughs> <laughs> I really... I didn't imagine I looked like that when I dribbled. <laughs> so, I need to work on that. I really, yeah. need to, I really need to work on that skill. You and me both, pal. Kind of, you and me both. It's kind of one of the fundamentals. I'm just very thankful that Jai didn't take the, <laughs> the video of me because I guarantee... I looked worse than what you did. Well, I think I was able to run with it, but as soon as I got anywhere near anyone, I was like, couldn't even do what you, I couldn't even approach people. So uh, it I, was, yeah, it wasn't great. I it, mean, I had a good time. It was fun. It was awesome. Yeah, we uh, our team is funnily enough, we're called the liabilities. We are called the liabilities. Which no one, no one chose that name because they're in finance, no. and and a liability is a thing to them. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Well, I felt like me in particular, definitely lived up to the name of the team. <laughs> I think we all did. Let's be honest. In I mean, saying that, we only scored 13 points as a the, team. The, the, the score was tired at halftime or I think we were Quarter behind by time. five points. Yeah, Quarter yeah. time, we were tired. Yeah. Seven all or something because yeah. we got a three-pointer. Yeah. And then at halftime, we were behind by like five points or something. And then they just piled on the points. By the way, in the first that. quarter, they were down a player. They were... <laughs> And they knew that we were such bad shooters yeah. that whenever we had the ball, all they did is just go stand in the key. They didn't defend us. They were just like, we're just going to let them shoot the yeah. three. They're going to miss. Have a go. Just have a go. We dare you. And I think I shot six and I think three <laughs> of them were close but didn't go in and the other three were just clear misses. <laughs> like one of them didn't even hit the backboard. A couple of guys on a team, when they shoot, the ball doesn't even go up and down. It's just like- it's Straight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least I had an arc. Uh, I might not have been projecting it far enough, but at least there was an arc. Uh, so, so if you see Dan and I uh, at Pat Morley Basketball Court doing some dribbling, yeah, then, then that's why we could. If we, you have any dribble, uh, dribble drills, dribble drills, dribble drills, I'd love to learn them because I've got a basketball in my in my car. 
<laughs> I'm ready to dribble and practice at any point. Maybe we just need to clear out our um, uh, carport, Dan, at the office here. Just run around there, just like do some dribble drills. Yeah, we could just. We can't practice shooting under there, but we can the, definitely dribble. We could just, um, you know, learn what the defender needs to do. And, and yeah, and so just, one of us defend, one of us attack, and then swap. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad idea. That's how we should do it. We should Google some YouTube drills for that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That is also going to be my other thing this week, Tim. Was yeah. the basketball? I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I was hopeless, but I do feel like I had some positives. I feel like I defended not too badly. Yeah, you got some good rebounds. Yeah, you, know, you you did well. There was one real good one where I like I stood yeah. my ground and then I jumped and blocked the shot. Yeah. I felt really good about that. Yeah, that that was like right under the rim. Yeah, See? I got you know, like that terminology. I, like it. <laughs> uh, I, I received a good pass at one point and then missed the layup. <laughs> did receive but that was a good run i was, was a good run i was in the right spot you were i had, I had the strategy i just yeah. didn't have the uh skills to execute the yeah. strategy yeah. none of us did let's <laughs> be honest i mean my dribble video is the only points we scored in the second half <laughs> yeah because <That's> I, <laughs> I always lost it three times when dribbling but somehow the got the ball back you didn't pass it to pete yeah. But then somehow got it in the hoop. So you were laughing at the fact that your dribbling looked funny, but you got past <laughs> the defenders. It doesn't matter how you did it. You did it. It works. Yeah. It worked. Somehow. It's more than I can say. It was, yeah. But no, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. So if anyone uh, is good at basketball, basketball coach, if you're a basketball coach listening right now, yeah. you could have a couple of new customers. Here. Hey, if you're a basketball coach and you're listening, we gave out an award to the best ping pong coach. Ooh. The drunkie two years ago, so there like could it. be a basketball coach like this it. year like drunkie award. We don't need coaching in ping pong anymore. Man. We're supreme now. Pretty much as good as we can get. So. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch, uh, at Two Drunk Accountants on all the socials, Two Drunk Podcast at gmail .com. Send us an email. Send us a comment. Uh, we've had a few people write to us in the last couple of weeks. If I haven't gotten back to you yet, I will. Mm. Or Tim will. Or Sarah will. Someone will. Yeah. And apologies. It's been a slow start to the year. We've had a couple of weeks where we didn't record. But <laughs> we have. big things are coming. We are definitely still going to do these YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, the business sprint are coming yeah uh, we've got our new recording studio there's going to be a video of us we're going to be up every single week from now until the end of the year I Ooh, promise called it I've called it except that one week in April where I'm going to be away I'll record that way <laughs> although and we'll pre-record and we're both in Hamilton Island in <laughs> September at some point we could point. do one in Queensland that'd be fun I don't want to take the gear Sundays. <laughs> see how we go <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will catch you later. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs>